Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode two of One Man's Opinion, the uncensored, unfiltered podcast with me, your host, Jeff Manns along with you if you made it through episode one hopefully you did if you guys are still here you're my people right now we are together you know where i stand on a variety of issues i'm sure you disagreed with a lot that you came back you're my type of people because we can have disagreements and it's not going to be in the end of the world which is perfect for episode two today because i'm going to talk about something that has uh it's impacting me on a personal level it's impacting me on a professional level and i think a lot of the folks that know me in my work it's impacting you as well in one way shape or form and that's the problem with fantasy baseball i'm going to dive into this topic uh deeper than i have before i've done shows on sirius xm about this i've tiptoed around it but i'm going all the way in on today's podcast and i think we need to have a conversation and open the conversation you know as we sit here on the precipice of another major league baseball season it's exciting um by the way you could find my work fantasyguru.com fantasy baseball draft guide just posted my um targets rotisserie fantasy baseball league targets for 2020 as well uh, in our draft guide over there all things xfl over there elitefantasy.com for all things daily fantasy sports elite sports betting for all of our sports betting stuff at jeff underscore mans on twitter follow me there the jeff mans on facebook instagram snapchat and tiktok where i'm posting daily videos there as well so We'll have this conversation today, the problems with fantasy baseball, and we'll get into it. We'll dive in, right? We're going to have a conversation. You're not going to like it. You're not going to agree with it, some of you, but it's okay. Um, These things, when we talk, when we take on hot topics and things that are important, it's not meant as a derogatory to you or your family or your heritage or anything that you enjoy doing. Let me tell you a little bit about me. So I, I introduced myself and showed you, talked about where I'm from, everything, my background in our first episode of One Man's Opinion. I'm a baseball fan. Baseball is my first love as a sport. I love this game incredibly. It's a big part of my childhood growing up. Um, a lot of, I have so many stories to tell, and I'm going to bring on some blasts from the past in uh, future episodes to uh, tell you stories about it. But I'll tell you a quick story. So this is what it, I hope this gives you a backdrop of what baseball means to me as a sport. Okay. I was, I'm the youngest of five, grew up South side of Chicago, yada, yada, yada. You know that story. Well, in my neighborhood, sports were the outlet, right? That's sports were everything. You, everybody, Boys, girls, adults, teens, kids, we all played sports. Like, that's what you did. You did it in the alleys. You did it in the parks. You did it in the street. You did it in driveways. You did it. Man, we did a concrete, um, what do they call them, like the sewer uh, pipes. 
that before they would put them in. I'm like, we, we played sports, every form of every kind of sport, you know, whether it was uh, baseball, football, ta- basketball, hockey, um, you know, tag. I mean, like everything. We, that's what you did. All right. So no matter what age you were, you played sports. So for me, my, my love of baseball stems from my mom. My mom, um, who is no longer with us, passed away in 2012. Uh, she she loved the game. She loved the White Sox. You know, we grew up obviously in the South Side, so we were White Sox fans. And my mom was the epitome of that. My mom loved baseball. She was the only girl on her. She talked about little league, and she went to uh, an all Catholic high school, and she was a girl that played on that team, and. Um, she so she played baseball her whole life. My dad was a football player um, back in his high school days, and and even in the Navy. Um, so he was, he was more of a football fan. But my mom loved baseball, and she had a radio by her at all times. Listened to the White Sox on the radio every single day. She drove a school bus for a living. She would have that radio everywhere she went. Listen to every single solitary nugget of baseball. And, uh, and that was her thing. So she always encouraged me to go out and play uh, baseball with the, the neighborhood kids. I was atrocious, though, like absolutely awful. I learned later I wasn't that bad. I was just young. I was like six. And, you know, we're playing against 10, 12, 14, 16-year-old kids. Um, but I wasn't good. I couldn't catch a ball, couldn't throw a ball or whatever. Um, and one time I was the last – my friend of mine, I won't say the last name, but a guy named Neil in my, in my uh, neighborhood. And um, they didn't pick me. And he said he would rather not have be a player short than have me on the team. You know, and again, I'm six years old, probably six, six, half, seven, somewhere right around that. We're talking like 1984. So it's like, I'm into baseball. White Sox had been the ALCS in 83, and, and, you know, baseball's taken off. The Cubs were in the NLCS in 84. So it was big in the city of Chicago in this early 80s. Um, and I was literally, I just, so I walked home and bawling my eyes out and upset and everything else. And my mom took me aside and said, all right, well, we're practicing. So we practiced and practiced and practiced. And she showed, she, we played catch, catch the ball. She would throw the ball. A league ball, mind you, at my face. I would get hit in the head over and over. That explains a lot, right? And it, it, that's just the way it is. And you learn to put your glove up. You learn to catch the ball, learn to throw the ball. And it wound up like I just – I liked that time. And looking back, I realized I just loved that time of my mom because I didn't get a lot of time. My mom was sick uh, much of my teenage years and everything else. So – um you know, that was a good time. And I learned baseball and, you know, playing little league and all that kind of stuff. And eventually I got good and I got better and better and better. And I became one of the better kids on the block. And I just loved baseball. I could talk baseball. I could play it eventually, you know, by the time I'm eight or nine, um, I'm playing with the 15, 16 year olds in the neighborhood and then taking that to little league where I'm getting game balls and trophies. I still have trophies literally dozens of trophies from growing up being on winning teams. And those were big deals, you know, back in those days. And they did, that was long before participation trophies and medals and all that crap. So I, I got to be pretty good at the game, but I, I loved the game. Uh, I used to have to ride the bus with my mom 
growing up, and she, you know, in the summers when I was an old enough, so I would listen to all the White Sox games as well. And then uh, NBC used to have the game of the week. Some of those old fogies remember the game of the week before cable and all that crap. Uh, and I would make up excuses. I'd tell my friends who we were all out playing. I would lie and say I had to do chores and stuff. I never had to do chores. I had to watch that game of the week. No matter what team it was, it was usually the Cardinals for some reason, because probably because Bob Costas is a Cardinal fan. But I would run in and I'd have to sit at my little desk with my sticker book and I would go through my own games and my own, I, I would make up my own games. I'd throw the ball against the wall and have my own contest going on. Is that I love this game. It's a, it's a backdrop of everything that I love about sports and my childhood my parents and my family and everything else. And I, I've got stories from, you know, my dad did not go to many of my games growing up or whatever, but he was at an all-star game where I made a diving catch right in front of the stands. I was playing first base at the time, made a diving catch and they said it great catch by Jeff Nerds, you know, on the overhead speaker on the PA system. And it was like, and uh, my old man was like, I've never been so proud when he said he said your name for everybody here because you know my dad's south side irish it was you know your name is your life you know that's what you walk around people remember your name your name needs to remind people of a good person and be positive he was big into that kind of stuff so that was a big deal to him and that meant a lot to me so you know baseball is important to me i love the game Anybody who tells me I don't love baseball or I hate on it or anything, the fucking liar, right? They're just bullshit liars. And I'll put my baseball acumen up against anybody, especially in the fantasy sports industry, any, any day, any time, you, especially if you want to talk history, even present, past, anything you want to talk about baseball. I love the game, right? So then why have I become one of the most outspoken people against fantasy baseball? I'm not against fantasy baseball. Not at all. I've been playing fantasy baseball since the nineties. Personally, I'll just say this. I like the simulation game Stratomatic more than I like the game of fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball is great. It's fun. It's awesome. Stratomatic is, is great because it's hands on and it's a simulation game with cards and dice and they've computer versions now I'm sure you guys could look at it and research it. I'm not going to waste your time talking about that. Maybe me and Ted will jump on one day and talk about Stratomatic and leagues and all that stuff. But nevertheless, um, you know, I've been playing f fantasy baseball forever. And it was a big thing when I was in my late teens and early 20s. We had you know, me and my buddies. We had leagues and home leagues and drafts and all that kind of stuff. And that shit's gone away. It's going away big time. Nobody I know, like in real life, and not on Twitter, not on social media, not in my business, because I, obviously I know all of you and listeners and all that. Cause nobody that I grew up with that we used to play in fantasy baseball, like nobody plays fantasy baseball anymore. Literally none of them. Like me and Ted are it, and it's kind of our job to do it, right? So let me start right there. Now, hopefully, you guys get an idea of what baseball means to me and how important it is to me and that I do care about this game. I still go to Diamondbacks games. I was a season ticket holder of Chicago White Sox as soon as I could make any kind of money. I've watched every game. I used to record the games. I mean, I have VHS tapes 
of me sitting behind the plate at old Comiskey Park and my brother taking me and my both of my brothers used to take me to the games and everything else. So it's a this is a family family deal, right? That meant a lot. So um but the first step with everybody, all the fantasy baseball players at least, need to understand that number one rule of anything is identifying that there is a problem. And I'm going to throw it out and give you guys examples like this. You know, if you just put your head in the sand, you don't know what the fuck's happening in your life. You really don't. And some of you probably are like that. Maybe some of you do stick your head in the sand. You don't realize it. You don't realize you're in a, a shitty relationship, bad marriage. You don't realize your kids don't like you or your coworkers don't like you, or, or you're, you hate your job, or you're, in, dep- you're uh, in depression. I went through depression. I'll talk about that on a future podcast. It happened to me. Like, I've been there, dude. No matter how deep you guys think you go, I've been there. I could talk you. I could talk to you. And I don't want to say I talk your way out, but I can help. I'm telling you, some, as somebody who's been there, so I, I've been through it. But if you don't recognize there's a problem, you're just going to sink deeper. And that's what's happening with fantasy baseball right now. Nobody that loves this game or very few people that love the game and love the game of fantasy are willing to admit there's a problem. And that is the biggest of all the problems. That's the million dollar issue that's going on in fantasy baseball. So, okay, Jeff, what's the problem of fantasy baseball? It comes down to this. The bottom line is less people are playing than ever. But, Jeff, that's not true. The NFBC is having a world record-setting year. The NFBC is a fantastic organization led by great people, and it's a tremendous, tremendous competition with great leagues and all that. Tell me one other place to play fantasy baseball off the top of your head. Don't Google it. Don't look at your phone. One other place to play fantasy baseball, and I mean in regular, to find people to play leagues. I know ESPN hosts leagues, and Yahoo hosts leagues, CBS hosts, I I get that. Where do you find people to play? Right? Who recruits you? There's one spot. The NFPC is succeeding, for one, because of mega multi-entry, and you see it, people in the industry and people who love fantasy baseball are just simply spending more money and buying more entries. That's just a fact. We think of it in terms of daily fantasy sports as a main problem with mega multi-entry. All these guys are entering 150 lineups every day. Well, seasonal leagues have come to that too. And it's a problem in football, but baseball is being survived by it, by the fact that people are buying 12, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, sometimes 100-plus teams in a seasonal league in the NFBC. That is truth, and that's what's happening. So just because a small number of people are buying more shares doesn't mean there isn't a problem. And doesn't mean this is a very sustainable thing either. We need to grow the base. We need to grow the interest. And the bottom line is the interest isn't there. There are other companies like the FFPC, FFWC, all the world championship of fantasy football that has went under, actually, and used to have a world championship of fantasy baseball. All these organizations used to have a fantasy baseball product. They all don't have them anymore. 
That's why the NFBC is doing so well. They're the only game in town, and they're great. And I will play in one or two NFBC leagues this year. At least, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to do more two, but I will play in multiple NFBC leagues because I love it. I'm not talking ill of them at all. I love those guys. But that's it. That's one source. That doesn't mean there isn't a problem. And quite honestly, the fact that they're adding more people, a lot of that is because it's a funnel. Home leagues are uh, folding. ESPN's fantasy baseball leagues were down 11%, 2018 to 2019. They were down um, or the 8%, uh, 2017 to 2018. CBS crashed two years ago with their amount of paid fantasy baseball leagues went down nearly 22 percent okay yahoo has been down significantly i don't have the data from yahoo yet but their numbers were down as well as far as the amount of overall leagues that they have set up and that includes free leagues that includes non-paid just people drafting teams and whatever those are all down okay that's it's a problem and why is this an issue? Why am I having a podcast all about it? Okay, I'm having a podcast about it because obviously I work for with SiriusXM. Obviously, I run the Elite Sports Network, which I'm, I'm a significant shareholder. I am in charge of the content. I'm in charge of advertising and marketing and everything for FantasyGuru.com, EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. Um, I have, in that regard, I have a significant stake in the health of fantasy baseball. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not going to shield that from you, whether it's you know financial and all that good stuff. Absolutely true. 1000% true. Okay. So I have a significant interest there. And on Sirius XM, we are at the point it from when I started in 2010 where it was fantasy baseball all the way through August and then fantasy football, they still wanted us to do baseball hits. Even in August and September during the NFL season, if you could believe that. That was 10 years ago. And 10 years may seem like an eternity. Some of you who are maybe in your mid-20s, although I don't know how many mid-20s are listening. If you are, God love you. God love you. But those, that time, it's gone from the, giving baseball updates all the way through August to the end of the season and doing baseball coverage and covering the Arizona fall league and spring training and all these different drafts. It's gone from that point to we had a meeting this off season, whether we, whether or not the station should cover fantasy baseball at all, at all. And when you look at the ratings from our station between football to baseball season, it's unfathomable, the drop-off. And I, I, that's our fault. I, I don't think that's all about just the sport or the state of fantasy baseball. It's not all about that. I think it has to do with talent we have in the station, including myself. Maybe we need better talent. We need people that are more interesting. Whatever it may be, that's the case. But it's not just us. ESPN's doing – Baseball Tonight's gone. Remember Baseball Tonight? I mean, it's a great show. I'd watch it every freaking night. Baseball tonight's gone. Baseball coverage is going. And that leads me to the backdrop here of what's wrong with fantasy baseball. Well, there's a problem with baseball. And if you don't see it, again, you're blinded by your love. And I have love for this game and sport too. 
but I, I'm open my eyes and we need to open our eyes. Cause if you care about the sport, you'll pass it on. Younger generation isn't interested. And one of the reasons, so first let's establish there's a problem. Major league baseball attendance is sinking through the crust of the earth. And we have to understand that there was a time where you'd have almost 80 million people coming through the turnstiles in major league baseball, right? 80 million people. Those numbers have dropped off significantly to the you know, 70, 78, 75, 73, 72, 71. The first time in since 19, since we added, since there are 26 teams in major league baseball, the first time we had under 60 or under 70 million people come through the gates was 2018, 69,000, 69.6 million come, come down. Okay. Average attendance 28,100 in that, or 28,6, I'm sorry, per stadium and all that. Used to average over 32, 33, 35 at the height of Major League Baseball, right? So, be, you know, you, there was a time when 30,000 was every single game, every single time. Um, in 2019, last year, 68 million went down another million, million and a, almost a million and a half less people in Major League Baseball or attendance for Major League Baseball games, right? That's a problem. You have to recognize that is a problem. And by the way, this is paid attendance. Guys, if you go to the White Sox games in April and May, you'll see, hey, we've, you know, they'll say 11,000 paid attendance. There's 400 people in the stands. And it's not just like that in, in Chicago. It's like that everywhere. Or it, not Yankees and Red Sox, most likely, but if your team is bad, if you're the Miami Marlins, you're not drawn. You, there aren't 500 people in the stands some of these nights. And even though you get paid 11, 12, 15,000, that's bullshit. And we know it's bullshit. So, yeah, companies and, and season tickets sales do well. And the rich are buying up that. And they use them just as I did back when I was in Chicago. I used to, you know, 2003 through 2007 would uh, give my season tickets away for the most part. You know, come, I lived in the far Western burbs at that point. I could only get to a dozen games a year, yet I paid for 80 plus, 81 games. You know, that's what people do. So you get, so these numbers, even though they're decreasing and decreasing, they're really more, there's much worse than meets the eye. And that we can go to television rate ratings. I mean, Major League Baseball is making all their money based on TV ratings. Well, TV ratings are, are down too, and down rather significantly. You know, the Nielsen data from 2018 were uh, as they're down 2% across all Major League Baseball. That's the, the Nielsen ratings for Major League Baseball 2018. All right, 29 different markets polled in this. It's down 2% even watching. Now the price is going up and you say, well, why is major league baseball making so much money? Well, that there's a whole deeper, those of you outside you know, radio and TV. Um, I study this thing for my living nowadays is that with streaming services, Hulu, Netflix, and all that kind of stuff, cables going away. Right. And you get a la carte and you got Roku and all these different uh, web services in which people are watching programming and 
even so even if Major League Baseball, NFL, even if their numbers dwindle, live sporting events, that's why the XFL is so damn popular. The XFL is making, so much, making a ton of money based on television rights alone because just live TV, it's the, on, it's the only reason people like myself even have cable, have direct TV and all these kind of services is because of live sports. And the ratings, even though they're down, they're still very important because ratings across 200 channels and Roku and Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and everything else, everything's so spread out nowadays. So it's still very, very valuable, these sports, but the interest as a whole is down. So I think people hang their hats on certain elements. We're still making money. They're still doing, yes, they are. But that doesn't, it, it, it's only going to hold so much water, okay? Ratings are down. Attendance are down. By the way, ratings down another almost 1% in 2019 from 2018. It's 3% in two years, okay? That's just facts. Those are facts. Um, other problems with Major League Baseball. Let's talk. Why is that? Let's look at that. Why, are, why is attendance down? Why are less people going to these games? There's a lot of reasons. Number one, let's just – Get to the point. Americans, all right, and I know some of you listen to Canadians and overseas and all that stuff, and we love you. But in, in the United States of America, America, Major League Baseball is supposed to be America's pastime. And it is. It's America's pastime. It's not America's sport anymore. It's not close. And I think that our generation, me, 40 plus, really 50 plus, we have this idea that this is the American sport and all this kind of stuff because a bunch of people play Little League. Well, Little League participation in the United States is down as well, down dramatically. And that, even it's down amongst boys. It's actually up slightly. It's up 3% uh, amongst um, uh, girls age 7 through 13. So it's up slightly, Little League, baseball from T-ball on up. It's down amongst... American boys, 9%, how many, 9% of Americans, I just spoiled it. I was going to ask you a question. I ruined it. 9% of Americans identify Major League Baseball baseball as being their favorite sport. It's the lowest number since 1937. It's a Gallup poll. Gallup is pretty good at this stuff. 52% say American football. 52%. Percent to nine. That is unfathomable. I, I can't even believe that. Eleven percent more say American basketball, NBA, favorite professional sports league, basketball being their favorite sport. Doesn't say American basketball. It's just as the sport but does specify American football. By the way, it does not say American basketball. And baseball. That nine percent is baseball and softball. Seven percent of Americans say soccer, and we know that soccer is a mess, and soccer doesn't catch on. It's hell. United States didn't even make the World Cup. Ice hockey is four percent. You could, I mean, baseball is closer to hockey and soccer, like far closer than it is to basketball. For Christ's sakes, or and forget about football. Forget about American football. Forget it. Baseball is plunging to horse racing, skateboarding. Hunting. 
I mean, th these are crazy bowling, road bicycling, whatever the hell that is, swimming, surfing is on its way up. Like uh, combat sports is making a huge increase, now listed at 3.5%, just behind ice hockey. So combat sports are getting on the way up. Baseball's not the American pastime anymore. It's not the American sport anymore. And then you look at the game. Look at Major League Baseball. There are fewer Americans playing than ever, than ever. There's plenty of Latin American players. That's wonderful. That's great for the game. But less African Americans are playing. Down from 13% African Americans in the early 80s to 7% in 2019, Major League Baseball. So, you know, what, bands, what does that matter? It matters because there's, you're not diversifying yourself. And I'll tell you this. This is a major problem and something I cannot speak about on SiriusXM and other places. But fantasy baseball is the least diverse fantasy sport of all. Go to these drafts. Look at the draft rooms. They're up. Go look at live drafts. NFBC too. And it's not, it's not the NFBC's fault at all. People are playing our average age 57 years old. When the FSGA, Fantasy Sports, uh, Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, used to be Fantasy Sports Trade Association. They're now the FSGA. When they took this poll back in 2013, it was the average age of fantasy baseball players 53. It's not 57. That is, that is old, folks. That is old. And that's a problem. Less females are playing. Virtually no females play fantasy baseball. I know I'll get, oh, I want. I, I, I understand. There are outliers everywhere. There, there are outliers everywhere. You know, some women, younger kids, African-Americans, Latin Americans. I understand some of us like fantasy baseball, and that's great. But the problem is, whatever we're doing, whatever Major League Baseball is doing at the top, and fantasy baseball piggybacking off that, we're not capturing the minds of America's youth. We're not doing it. We're not getting a diverse audience enjoying our product. And we have, and that is a freaking problem, right? That's a problem. And why is that the case? Well, I'll tell you, in my opinion, I think it all goes to ownership. It goes from ownership. Look at all the owners, rich white dudes everywhere. Rich white dudes own all sport, all major league baseball teams, all of them. Managers general managers where are the minorities where are the women where are these things we make a movie about billy bean and his staff okay money ball okay we can't do analytics or <laughs> you know women minorities don't do analytics bullshit we know they do why is just the white dudes getting these jobs no i know it's gonna anger you i know you're not gonna like it I'm not the problem. Don't yell at me. It's not my interpretation. These are facts. You can ignore it. You can pretend, oh, it's not a problem. It is a problem. It's not your fault. I'm not blaming you, the listener. But we have to do something. Major League Baseball has to do something to get it going, to expand their reach. They have to get this game broadened. 
You have to start capturing the youth of America. Youth of America is rich and diverse, right? Forget about what you think about your politics, your immigration policies, and all that. Facts are facts. Facts are facts. And look at these rural areas. People aren't playing baseball in rural areas anymore. I grew up in or urban areas. I'm sorry, <laughs> urban areas. I grew up in an urban area. That's all we did: stickball, wall ball, everything. The we used to. I would love when my mom would throw out a broom, a little yellow broom that she would always buy from an Aldi, like uh, two blocks down. And she'd use it for like a year. And then by the time it would be all done, these things were. And But the ends of it would be worn out and everything, but we just unscrew it from the handle. And there's a perfect stick ball bat. It's perfect. Couldn't wait for that. You won't do that anymore. That's a problem. Okay, so let's all, whatever, not our fault, is what it is, granted, but let's, let's stop pretending that it's not a problem. Let's stop pretending that Major League Baseball is fine and dandy and oh, oh, shucks, great. For one, who can afford to go to games? That's another thing. That's a, we're, we're, ex, we're ostracizing women. We're ostracizing minorities. We're ostracizing poor middle class and poor people. We're ostracizing why? Because it costs so fucking much to go to a fucking game. I have a family of five. Do you know how much it costs me for a, a, a bleacher? Just to go to bleachers? It's go to you know, five tickets for 25 bucks a minimum. Minimum. That's if you're lucky. Right, minimum $125 plus parking. Parking is 20 bucks a piece. But you want to eat anything in the ballpark? Well, you want a bottle of water? That's eight bucks. Forget about booze. Forget about a Mai Tai or a beer. That's going to be eight, nine, ten dollars a piece. Hot dog, six bucks. A pretzel that's ice cold by the time you get back to your seat is five, six bucks. Fucking churro with just fried dough and freaking cinnamon and sugar. And that son of a bitch is five bucks. Give me a break. I mean, it's you're going to a game, say your family of four, let's say standard, regular, middle class American family, family of four. Dude, it's 250 bucks minimum to go to a game. Minimum. And all, what do you do? How do most of you go to games? We all do the same thing, right? Well, somebody gave me tickets. Hey, my boss gave me tickets. Hey, the company had tickets. Hey, I got free tickets. I won free tickets. That's, that's what I'm talking about the attendance issue. In Major League Baseball, attendance is down, and that's paid attendance because every all these things. Major League Baseball catered to the rich and the businesses, and they've done a great job. People aren't walking up to the box office and buying a ticket for game day anymore, you know. And then if it is a game you covet, if somebody's coming to town that you care about, you want to see, chances are you have to go to a StubHub or something else and pay a ridiculous price on top of it. You're not paying sticker price. You're paying whatever the hell the price is that day. And if it's a game you want to go, they'll price it up. You know, that money all goes right back to the teams, right back to Major League Baseball. So we're paying hundreds of dollars a ticket, right? Even whether we go or don't go, whether our asses are in the seats or not. These are problems. You need to identify that there are issues. And that's the thing. And that's where I come in talking about change, talking about differences, changing. I don't have the power to change Major League Baseball. God, I wish I could. God, do I wish I could. 
because I know there are things about, I'll just listen to my kids, 17, 15, 9. I'll just listen to them. What do you guys think? Is this fun? Is this boring? By the way, game times, Major League Baseball are up. Never been higher. Reviews and all that stuff. You know how long average game? Three hours and 12 minutes. Average game time. You guys think that's a lot back in 2005? Average game time was two, two hours, 49 minutes. So, I mean, talk about 20, 30 minutes more than it was 14 years ago. Not that long ago. It's a ridiculous, ridiculously long process. Game shouldn't take that long. It shouldn't be so slow and drawn out. People want action. And you can sit and bitch and complain, oh, kids always need something. Oh, they're all, yeah. The world is like that now. Understand how the world is. That's not the problem. You remember your parents saying rock and roll is going to pollute your mind and TV is going to rot your brain. Remember that? Remember what bullshit your parents were? That's us now saying, why you don't need to be on multiple devices at once. Bullshit. Yes, you do. And if you were seven, eight, nine years old now, you would be too. You want action. You want things to go. You're used to it. Everywhere in your life, things are happening. They're not sitting around scratching their cup and picking their asshole and spitting wads of tobacco. It's not fun. There's nothing interesting about that to a kid. It's not going to invoke anything. It's what I had growing up, so I'd love it. But our, my kids don't. My kids don't see the, the lure. Neither do yours. Or at this point, if you're 50, 55, you're 60, your grandkids don't see it. You know they don't. I taught them the right way. Bullshit. Bullshit. They're not growing up loving this. Not this as it stands. And, and what else? Cheating scandals. Baseball's the dirtiest game there is. It's the dirtiest game going. We Astros, Red Sox, Yankees, we know about the cheating scandal, right? Buzzers, garbage cans, stealing signs, video recorders. Come on, man. One of the worst cheating scandals in the history of sports. And what happened just a few years back? Oh, yeah, by the way, steroids, performance-enhancing drugs, Sosa, McGuire, Palmera, all these guys. Barry Bonds, the home run king, not in the Hall of Fame. Five years on the ballot, can't get in the Hall of Fame because no, everyone knows he cheated. So they're not doing that. What about Pine Tower, Garrett Cole? We know, look at Trevor Bauer calling. Trevor Bauer said the Astros were cheating before that. He said the Astros pitchers are cheating. Garrett Cole gets uh, a huge deal with the Yankees. Yet we know his RPMs on his fastball and curveball went up. 20% from when he was with Pittsburgh to Astros. Guys, changing jersey doesn't improve your spin rate. doesn't happen. It's a problem. Cheating. It's not just the Astros. Resin on bats. Pine tar. CC Sabathia. Relief pitchers. All these guys with stick them in their belt loop, in their hat, on the back of their neck. Groundskeepers at Major League Ballparks growing the grass high. Cutting it low, putting more dirt around the line so that you can't get a bunt, or putting it up, putting the dirt on by the line so you can bunt and the ball will never go foul. Little things like this, amphetamines that are rampant around Major League Baseball right now. These are huge fucking problems. 
and we're just ignoring them. And it all filters back down to fantasy. It all comes back to fantasy baseball. If less Americans are playing, if the youth aren't playing it, if women aren't playing it, it or aren't interested, if minorities aren't interested, if people aren't going to games as much or watching as much, if you really, and they're pissed off about cheating, cheating scandals and pine tar and steroids and resin and amphetamines and infield dirt and all this, you think they're going to play fantasy? No, but the one thing you lean on, the NFBC is doing well. Well, great. That's good for them. It's good that we, we are very lucky to still have the NFBC. But I'm telling you, the NFBC is the last beacon shining because Yahoo, ESPN, look at other analysts. Other analysts, and I'm telling you guys this, this is another thing. Look at, so I've been very fortunate in my career here in fantasy sports. Very, very fortunate, very lucky, whatever it is. And, but there comes a time where you only have so much time in a day and so much days in a year. And you have to allocate those times properly. Look what the main fantasy analysts have done. I'm not going to name names and talk about them. Eventually, they all stop baseball. They all do it. All the big names. But I like this guy, and he's great. Wonderful. But (laughs) there are no fantasy baseball analysts that make six figures. Very few of them. And if there's, I mean, and if they make six figures, it's 108, 110, 120. Right? I mean, I make a hell of a lot more money than that, guys. I'm just telling you how it is. I do a lot more. And, and it's fancy baseball's getting to be a thorn in the side because it's becoming a negative, negative for four months doing nothing with baseball. And it just doesn't really. Eh. Moves, it barely moves the needle. I could be innovating in, in basketball or football or hell, growing soccer or something else. Well, go do it then, man. You're such a big shot. Again, you're just putting your head in the sand. Not about me, not about what I believe. These are all, everything I've listed here today has been as a, a fact. It is a, an absolute fact. All of it. Every bit, every data point I've gone through. Every single one, total fact. So ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, Sirius XM. These are all entities that are doing less baseball, less baseball, less content, less baseball, less content, less baseball. That's filtering into fantasy now. It's all less and less and less. And we're just going to ignore it. We can't do it any longer. All right. I've... I hope by now I've established there's a freaking problem, right? Let's talk about changes. Let's talk about how to overcome this. Let's talk about what we can do to improve the game. It's not going to take much. And this is the problem is every time we offer solutions or changes, it is met as this podcast will be. I am sure of it. It will be met with absolute anger and retaliation. Nothing's wrong. That's stupid. You shouldn't do that. 
Fantasy baseball should be head-to-head for the most part. If you like your Roto Leagues, it's wonderful. I like Roto Leagues, but most people don't. Ray Flowers recently did a poll. 3,000 people chimed in. 55% prefer head-to-head over Roto. And that's Ray Flowers, whose entire audience is 50-plus, right? Love Ray Flowers. But it's the truth. 55% of his people say head-to-head. People need that carrot. Fantasy football is huge because it's interesting. Because you're beating your boss, your wife, your kid, your friend, your rival, whatever, whoever it may be. You're beating somebody that week, and it's exciting, and it gives you something immediate. It gives you something now that you can hang your hat on. I beat you. Ha ha. I could talk about it. The more you talk about it, more it's in your head. The more you think about it, the more you're going to touch your team. You'll make a move, lineup move, roster move. You'll do those things. It's simple. Daily lineup moves. The amount of analytics that are out there, the fact that we have lefty-righty splits, day and night, home and road, uh, what this hitter, his exit velocity versus a low curveball. We've got a low, slow curveball. We've got every ounce of data you could imagine at our fingertips, and we diehard fantasy baseball players know how to use it at least but you have all of this and you're still not allowing somebody to use it the only way to use all of Fangraph's information is to allow us to change our lineup based on that day's matchups you just project and no shut up you do not project five to seven days in advance if you're if you can project performance for five to seven days you can sit there on sunday when you're setting your lineup and you instead of doing that bet all the games bet all the games bet the player props bet everything and you'd be a millionaire by the time we got to may end of april you'd you'd be in seven figures of pay if you can do it properly no what you're doing is guessing and i know it i know that's what you're doing weekly lineups are guessing you're saying i don't want well I don't want to do that. I don't want to have hands on my team at all times. Again, younger generation can do multiple things at once. Nobody watches one TV show anymore. Nobody just watches television. They watch TV while on their phone, while playing a the game. They have their laptop on while they have two screens up and going. That's the world as we know it. If you're 52, you don't realize it. That's the way every, every person 20 and under Every single one of them for the last 20 years, everybody's done that. They've had multiple devices, second screen, third screen, every television station, every sponsor, everybody knows about the second screen. Only people don't seem to be in sports, Major League Baseball, and absolutely definitely fantasy industry, fantasy sports industry. That's a problem beyond fantasy baseball. It's football. It's everything. People don't realize how others are consuming their products in sports. Except the only people that get it are like the AAF, the XFL. They all get it. They all understand it. But the major sports, no. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it's kind of broke, but you're not seeing it. You won't see it until there's a bankruptcy. Okay. Um, Head-to-head, daily lineup changes, multiple waiver moves or roster moves throughout the court. You need 
digestible segments. It can't just be draft a team in March and see what happens in, by October. Also should end the season before September 1st. August 31st should be the end of the fantasy baseball season. September is an absolute crapshoot. It's equivalent to week 17 in fantasy football, and we never play week 17 fantasy football. Do something else. Do a special contest. Do another league. Have a September-only draft. Think of how amazing it would be to do another draft. How about that? You love the draft. We all love draft season. Why don't we do another draft? in August for fantasy, for September fantasy baseball. Hell, at the end of September, do one for the playoffs. You could do three drafts a year in fantasy baseball. That would be fun. That would keep the interest going. That would keep everybody alive and excited. And if your team sucks in the first part, then they have a chance in September. If they suck in September, they have a chance in October, November for the playoffs. Do those things. Why are you not doing those things? If you're in a Roto League, fine. But take a snapshot every month, every two weeks, whatever. There's a payout. There's a trophy. There's something that if you're in first place or if you win in the most categories or whatever, you had the most in this month, you win something. There's something for you. Instead of saying, nope, keep going for six more months, that's not attracting people. That's not attracting new people. The fantasy sports industry, I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it a million and one. I used to do a thing on Sirius XM radio about the state of fantasy sports. You know why I stopped? I stopped doing it. For one, there was a crazy amount of politics, crazy amount of people bitching that I was the voice doing it. But there's no leaders, man. There are no leaders. We need to be more proactive. We need different voices out there. We need to hire more minorities, more women different people from different backgrounds. You know, we should never just go and hire a a female just because. There's, you know, token female. I've heard that a thousand times at different places I've worked in. It really bothers me. But we should, we're not trying. That's the problem. We're not trying to diversify the voices. We're not looking at people coming. We, all we want is who is popular on DFS Twitter. That is all we want. And not just DFS Twitter. Fantasy baseball Twitter has become a huge thing this year too. And it's all NFBC. And just look at the faces. Can you tell them apart? I can't. They're all the same middle-aged white dudes. That's all it is. And you're telling me that's attracting more customers? Guys, it's not. you got to recognize there's a problem. You have to. And if you're not going to do it, fine. You probably already tuned out of this podcast because you're mad at me. Don't be mad at me. I love the game of baseball. I love the game of fantasy baseball. I have a background that is rich and fruitful of it. I played baseball my life. My family loved this game. Um, family, my Kids still love this game. Still take my kid to Diamondbacks games out here in Arizona, even though they'd rather go to a Suns game. Truth, truth. I still love it. And I have a financial interest in it. Absolutely. But all I'm going to do, all I'm doing is I'll just start, as my business gets bigger, I'm just going to cut back more and more. And I'm not insulting the people and the customers we have. 
As long as we have customers, we're always going to support them and do more and innovate and create. You guys see that. Every, my cash game breakdown every year has evolved. Every year it's different. More data. More deeper data. Right? Different configurations. And we win in daily fantasy baseball every year. Seasonal fantasy baseball, the Burr Report, all these things, bullpen usage. I was ahead of this by a mile. Five, six years ago, Ray Flowers and I developed the Burr Report. People are finally starting to catch on a little bit. Oh, bullpen usage or more. We knew there was a problem six years ago, starting pitchers. And we identified it. We created a solution and a way to change. And we did it. And our customers have won. We'll continue to do that. But I'm telling you, the accessibility, the amount of talk fantasy baseball is going to continue to go down. That's just the way it's going to go until we stand up as an industry and until you stand up as a consumer and demand it. And if you want Roto and if you want that, then fine, be the loudest voice. But create something. It can't just be one entity. It can't just be the same people talking about it. You're not going to keep it alive. Humans die. We get old, we get tired, we get poorer, we get lazier, just, we, we just stop. You're not going to be able to play 30, 40, 50 NFBC lineups when you're 65 years old. You're not going to be able to keep up with that, 70 years old. You're not going to be able to do that. So we need to reach these different audiences. Until that time, there is trouble with fantasy baseball. And there's trouble with Major League Baseball, though what do I know, right? That's just one man's opinion. That's it for episode two, everybody. Thank you for listening and downloading. Hopefully, you leave some comments and feedback. I appreciate it. Positive and negative, folks. This is about creating a conversation. This is about having talks about difficult items and not being afraid or shamed by other people. I will not be shamed into not talking about something or not bringing up or not going there. And neither should you. State your mind, state your opinions, even if they're different than mine, especially if they're different than mine. All right, that's episode two in the books. I am Jeff Mans. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S. On Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. You'd like my little 60-second videos on TikTok, the Jeff Mans over there as well. Check me out, EliteSportsBetting.com, FantasyGuru.com, EliteFantasy.com. All things daily fantasy there. Use Radio 20 if you want a little discount for all of your elite sports network means. So catch me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio 2 to 4 Eastern, Monday through Friday on the Elite Sports Show. All right, folks. One man's opinion. Episode 2 in the books. We'll see you next time. Till then. Deuces.